0: We're back. We are. Cheers. Cheers. Um, it's been like a long week. I feel like I haven't talked to you in like a year. It's so it's, much. About- it's been,
1: it's been brutal. And I've been driving like cross country from Arizona to I'm now in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And over the last few days, so my uh, cell service has been shitty. And um, that also explains why I have an entire bottle of wine yeah um and and no glass, by the way. So I got in late to cincinnati. this is this is the road life from a hotel room. Um, got in late, and there were no liquor stores or anything open. so I found a sushi restaurant that was willing to sell me um this like cheap bottle of wine. I have no glass, and <laughs> so
0: that's how we're doing we go.
1: Cool.
0: um um, another episode of Corked up. We are here uh, for Rachel Luba and Jessica Kleinschmidt. now, Our wine word of the day is (laughs) vibe. And Rachel was worried that she was like, are we gonna even drink? Because I don't like ever say that word. That's that is correct. I have been (laughs) on literally, no pun intended, a vibe. Cheers. Cheers. Say this word so much because I feel like everything literally is a vibe. Drink again, Rachel. And I think it just like, it's so descriptive of everything that's going on, whether it's bad or good. You see a photo and you're like, oh, I get that. Like, I feel that. It's all good. Um, I'm super excited about this episode because it has my two, my three favorite things. That is media, baseball, and Rachel Luba. So I'm so excited to get started. Um, and the reason why, I mean, it has a little bit of everything. Um, I know we had a really, kind of a serious, um, I guess, podcast last time about Kyle Loesch and all the drama that you dealt with. And um, this time around, it's about the media and baseball. And I told you this, one of our podcasts in the past, one of the things I will never be able to say, and I will never be able to have the same resume as some of the guys I interview, whether I work with them or not, is I never played Major League Baseball. And I fucking hate that. It sucks yeah. that I can never actually say that. So the reason, and um, we have really cool guests coming on who's a former player turned uh, media member, and that's Trevor Plouffe. Um, He's played for the A's at one point, played for the, he's very well known on the twins organization. Um, And the reason why he's coming on uh, beyond that is because he, along with um, Trevor Bauer, your client and uh, Bryce Harper got called out by this guy um, who not only has a show on MLB network, um, but just kind of is a very well-known guy in the baseball media and, We're just going to dig right into it. Um, His name is Mad Dog, Christopher Russo. And uh, this really cool movement that was going on before baseball started was the when and where. And this was very important because people like Mike Trout, um, and especially Mike Trout, they don't speak a lot on social media. We are waiting for baseball to start up. Hashtag blessed. It is starting back up. Um, And that was the theme, when and where. We're ready to go. Let's do this. Everything is good. now, Rachel, when, when you're dealing with your clients and everything like that, what, how, how important was it for these guys to kind of open up on social media in a sport where the guys don't do that?
1: Yeah, that, I mean, people always talk about this and they notice when you have the big players like Bryce Harper and especially Mike Trout. When Mike Trout says something, this happened too um, with the Astros scandal. All of a sudden you had some of the big names that never say anything, like some, there were some guys, some guys, you don't even know what their voice sounds like, or, you know, you've never heard them talk. Uh, when they say something, it, it, there's power there because you never really hear them speak. And they came out and just said, you know, they voice their hashtag, you know, when and where, and it's powerful because we don't, we rarely hear, and again, especially from Mike Trout, we rarely hear from him, so when he says something, it's like, wow, you know, he's like, that's, this is the best player in our game right now. And he's yeah. saying something. So we listen. Yeah. And and it's, and it's important. It shows like unity. You have all the guys, including the guys that never speak. They're, they're voicing their, their opinions.
0: Yeah. And it was coming off the Players Association uh, quote and I, I was talk, I was on so many radio and TV segments last week asking, you know, what's so great about the Players Association? And it's so important to have these guys representing the players because we're not always going to be able to get a message to them. That was what the fight was entailed. Um, but let's move on to the actual audio clip itself. Now, brace your guys' themselves. Um And hopefully you all have a glass of wine because you're going to need it. Uh, Producer Jay, go ahead and pull up that Mad Dog rant, if you will. <laughs>
2: Bryce get getting paid $336 million. He's not Garrett Cole. He got paid $336 million. If you don't live up to money and you stink, as he did, I can't listen to you tell me I'm raring to go. You know what? How about last year? You were awful. Gee whiz. Come on. There is some accountability. Guys get the highest paid player in the sport and they even make an all-star team for crying out loud. My gosh, with that kind of money comes some responsibility. You think if Garrett Cole this year goes 7-20 and 20, or whenever we have a full year, you think people are going to say, well, you know what? So, uh, And then he starts tweeting people, that I'm ready to go for next year. You think the Yankee fans are going to react. They go crazy. I wish he said that last year when he won ball Games for us. My gosh. Stop tweeting when you stunk. Bauer's another one. You know, ask Frank Corner about Bauer throwing a ball in the center field bleachers when he got taken out of a game. Or Frank Corner when he... Played around with a drone and broke his finger. Pleading to death on the mound in Toronto. Ask the Reds how that trade worked out. If Mike Trout tweets, I'll live with it. He's earned it. Rizzo tweets, he's a champion. I'll I'll live with it. I'll earn it. I'll, I'll deal with that one. Harper's done nothing. He got paid $330. Machado, I don't want to hear from him either. There comes a responsibility when you make a fortune. How about me? If, if, if I start tweeting about a serious issue and I stunk, hey, come on, Chris, shut up. Get something done on, on radio first, and you can tweet. My goodness gracious. Oh, I can't lie. That's a bunch of nonsense. Perform. Perform. For that kind of money, I expect. And then they got Kevin Freeland, who was in the minor leagues last year, who stunk up the joint for the Rockies. I got to listen to him. How about win a few ball games?
0: Um, that was a lot, but there, That's... there, there there's, there's so much to dissect. Um, the, the thing that stuck, that stood out to me the, the most, like, I'm so sick of the narrative of Trevor and the drone. We all know what happened. It's so stupid, but. Yeah, but I mean, he also won that game. Or yeah, right. they, exactly. they, they, they.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just, that's always forgotten. It was in the ALCS, not the World Series, and they won.
0: And uh, the Terry Francona meeting with Trevor, and he throws it over the wall. That's like one of my favorite stories of all time. <laughs> like all, all. So, so the, here's the thing, Mad Mad. He does. He's doesn't done this before. He's called out Justin Verlander before. Um, and it's like it's kind of awkward because, you know, I'm sitting here. Like I said, I'm not defending Russo at all, but I. I did not play major league baseball, so I, no matter what I do, the guys are always going to be a little bit better than me. But I, I cannot, in good conscience, say, "Hey, hey, you know what, Bryce, you went 0 for 4, or whatever." Da, da, da. Like these guys are going to have down years. Like why talk the crap? And then he calls out Bauer, of course, and like Bauer, Bauer had a great season last season, so it's like, how are you going to like get mad at? Bauer? Well, it
1: wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the best. Like it went downhill a lot once he got traded. I'll be, but. But like my my issue with it is that you, this idea that players cannot talk mm-hmm. unless they're performing you know, at their best and unless they are the one or two stars of the game, then they are not allowed to have a voice is everything that I think is wrong with the baseball. Like this idea that players should just shut up, we wanna hear nothing from them unless you're really, really good, unless you're the one or two like best players in baseball. It, it's, it's this old school mentality that you're not allowed to talk. And it's just, it drives me absolutely crazy. And it's what I try to tell, you know, players as an agent, like, like talk, like let people hear your voice. You're going to gain fans that way. People yeah. want to hear from you. And I think, and you talk to players and I like, and when I talk to players, they, overwhelmingly you hear from them this idea that they feel like they cannot say anything on social media. They can't post on social media if they have a bad game. And so it's this weird, like, do I say something before a game? Because if I say it before, then what if I go out and have a bad game? Then, and I've seen it happen. Fans start telling them, you know, uh, you know, get off social media and like, maybe you'll play better or something. And then if they have it right, if they have a bad game, they can't, they're not supposed to say anything after because they're supposed to go home and just be sad or something and not, you know, like they, they can't talk. And I think it's such a problem with,
0: with this. I, I don't know. Yeah. No. And I, and I feel like I've, I've tried so hard to get to the point where players can talk. And like one of the moments that I remember was uh, during the trade deadline, a couple of seasons before, before the Astros acquired Justin Verlander and Dallas Keichel was interviewed And it was one of the first times he was actually very outspoken saying, like, we didn't make any moves. Like, what the hell? And then, of course, Furlander ended up on the team. And I feel like that was part of the domino effect to, like, really have these players talk. I was just texting a player today, and I was telling him our subject on the podcast. And he's like, yeah, we fucking hate the media. And I was – he's texting a media member. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, cool, cool, cool. And he's just like, no, like – it's and I'm thinking. Well, do you think we twist things, which is part of it? Bowers told us this b- the, b- before, but he also said that the media has a tendency to want to start things or stir. They up shit problems. on players. And yeah, exactly. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, because like, I'm I, like, I feel I'm like the least pushy journalist ever, and most of the time I could give two shits about who's traded or like what, what are you doing? It's more or less like, Hey, like, how's the family? you know, whatever. And, and I struggle with that because like, I just, I never want to throw anybody underneath the bus ever, but it's just, when you hear that and somebody has the gall to tell a media member that, like that makes you think, right. So that's why I'm always tripping out. Like, am I doing something right? Like, why are we having these reactions? And I don't know if, and, and Russo, I don't know if he's doing like the Stephen A. Smith thing where he's like a talking head and just trying to get a reaction, but it's like, Baseball of all of all sports, I will never talk crap about. I mean, yeah, I played for up to, as far as I could, but it's such a difficult sport to play, and you know these athletes are put on certainly a pedestal. But this is this is a job to them, and they are given a god given ability. And it's like, why are we so upset that like we didn't make it and they did? And it's just like, and they they work their asses off. Still, ass. like, so I my and
1: I don't know the way like the the another thing that really bothers me about it is that we spend so much time it, it seems like our media spends so much time shitting on the players and shitting on the sport mm-hmm. and you know what it's not even it's not even media people that never played i 've seen you see it happen with former players sometimes who forget they forget how hard the sport is mm-hmm. and that 's why it's always refreshing to, to you know see a a media person even that that was a former player that that still remembers right how how hard the sport is, and to not, you know, not always, like, not just always be shitting on players, and I think also, like, how do you expect fans to love the sport when all you do is shit on the product, and you have, you, you have, like, when I, every time I've ever heard a Mad Dog Show, and it's, it's, it's hard for me to listen because he's just screaming and
0: Did y'all see Rachel take a swig during the middle of that audio. clip. It's, it's just so it
1: it's over the top. I mean, I, if I ever have to have it on, I remember my first internship I ever had, uh, it would, I always came into the office at the agency at, it was like right around 11 o'clock. I think when he goes on and I just always like muted it because he's so loud. Li- yeah you just see screaming but the problem is is I've never heard his show when he's not like shitting on somebody and I don't know why he has a show why are you working in baseball if if you hate the game so if you think that you know everything is wrong with it and and these players don't play how you want like you were never even a player buddy
0: yeah so I'm sorry but shut the fuck up yeah and and I and I totally understand and it's like it's hard to find the balance like just we talked to Carabas before and like he's a, he started from a fanboy and now he's like kind of respected in the media and it's hard to find like that common ground. Um, but the there is a fun flip side to this is because of all like everybody responded. Marcus Stroman responded and he's been super active on social media and that's been great. Aaron Dolan, the wife of Sean Doolittle responded. My favorite was this this tweet from You Darvish <laughs> called <him laughs> mud dog. <laughs> it was the best thing in the world and um and I was told before you kind of blew up like oh this guy's like actually really really funny uh Evan Grant who covers the Rangers was like this guy's hilarious like just pay attention to him and um and stuff like that but it really does make you think however another positive is it did show the players all have unity and like Screw this guy. Like he's gonna say what he's gonna say and like everything like that. And you know, my favorite was like we are talking about one subject. And my thing was was like all Bryce Harper said was, let's just like play. play like
1: <laughs> Well but then but then he and and I kind of I tweeted about this and blew him up more for for this. He you hear him. There's another clip where he goes on and he's talking for who he's talking to, and he starts talking about how basically his job is just as hard as a baseball player's job and that's a bold statement to me
0: very bold statement
1: i it, especially from somebody who has if you've never had that job i, I don't want you to sit there you're not allowed to sit there and tell me that it's just as hard now we can ask ploof let's ask him is it just as hard? I just, I if just he, wrote
0: in the question to ask Pluth, how hard is baseball? Yeah. And I <laughs> want to know hard? if,
1: right. But then also look, if he tells me, look, having a show, you know, or he doesn't have his own show on MLB network yet, but if he were to tell me his job is just as hard, then fine. I, I can give some credibility, some weight to that mm-hmm. because you've done both. Yeah. But but I don't ever sit there. I'm never going to say that a media person's job, that my job as a lawyer or my job as an agent is just as hard as a media person's. I've never been a media person. How can I I say that? Mm -hmm. How can I say I've never been a baseball player? How could I ever say that my job is just as hard as your job? You know, I've been an elite level gymnast, but I will never say that that is harder than being a baseball player. Like how can you make that? How can you say that? It's just, he's idiotic to me and it, it blows my mind that he, that MLB gives him, you know, such a big platform.
0: No, and, and I, I totally agree. And, and, it's, and it's kind of awkward because of, like MLB network brings so many former great, not just great baseball players, but you know, like you have like the John Smoltzes and the Dallas Bradens and like we have Ploof coming on too. Like it's so, so, it's they make it look so seamless. But that's not always the case, right? Like Michael Morris did a really beautiful job, you know, transitioning from a baseball player to, to um, hosting and analyzing and stuff. And they don't understand like, and it's, it's, it's a flip-flop too. They're like, oh, I can just talk about sports. Like, yeah, you can, but like they have their, their struggles too. We had a meeting about it today. Like even when Morris started, he was just like, I know I'm good on TV. And like, he's a good looking dude. He knows his sport. And it's like, but there's so much more to it, but I will never sit there and be like, well, if you played in the bigs, like this should be easy for you or vice versa. Like Morris doesn't walk up to me and be like, oh, well, I mean, I played in baseball. So like, you should easily be able to like, write this script and go on TV and not even think about it. Like he doesn't, nobody approaches me with that. So why the hell would I flip it and be like, like, why aren't you doing a good job? Like your job seems easy. Cause it's not like, I don't walk up to the guy like or cuz i worked in customer service i worked at victoria's secret i would never walk up to a girl working there and be like um i bet your sales suck i did such a better job than you because lord knows i yeah. did it i only worked there for the discount <laughs> like, so it was like an actual tough thing to do but it's just like you have to be careful with what you say and like i get rants i get the talking heads and unfortunately they're really good for clickbait they're great for clickbait i do know that from media perspective but it's like dude just chill like
1: you know what what i kind of chalk it up to is that he needs how else does mad dog stay relevant he doesn't he has to say outlandish things like this to to stay relevant like nobody knows who he is nobody cares to be honest like most people i know change the change the channel when his show comes on Mm -hmm. so for me it's like a hail mary let me say something ridiculous so people remember I still exist. That's, that's my take on it.
0: And it's, and it's interesting because we live in such a world where it's not difficult to be relevant, right? It's, or it's (laughs) really not. Like you do something stupid and you become viral. Like everybody on The Bachelor did that. You think they're actually searching for love, maybe four of them. And (laughs) they become famous. They get all these Instagram followers. And the next thing you know, they're hosting the Emmys. Like, it's just weird how that works. But I don't know.
1: Hmm. I just, my my biggest thing is if you're going to work in the sport, you need to, you can't, you can't shit on your product. And that's, that's what bothers me so much. Not to mention, like, I don't think his show, he doesn't, He's not widely respected as, like, one of the greatest, you know, MLB talk show
0: dudes. What would you want to see from a show? Like, as somebody who – don't be too agent – too agent-y, if you will. But, like, the casual baseball fan who wants to learn but doesn't want to be, like, here's a stat, let me sift sift Brian Kenny on you kind of deal. I I have no problem, I guess – breaking down
1: I have no problem even saying when you know after a player has a horrible game or right something just goes completely wrong and he gets let's say a pitcher has to get pulled after you know he can't even make it through the first inning right like I have no problem if you're gonna go talk about that and talk you know talk about his struggles and whatever and maybe what were the causes that that you think led up to that and should the team have started that you know that pitcher that day and whatever. I have no problem uh, shitting on a player in that way. It's not really shitting. Like, you're critiquing, and that's fine. Yeah. But but getting mad at players for having a voice, for building a brand in the off-season, you know, when we're not even playing baseball right now, and then saying that you need to shut up unless you are the the cream of the crop in baseball, that you're not allowed to talk. Can you imagine that? If that, that was the case like, in talk shows, I mean- Chris Russo wouldn't be allowed to have a show. You're not allowed to talk unless
0: you're the best and you're not. So no, shut weird. up. I feel like that's a big demographic of baseball. Like, like think about all this stuff. Okay. I mean, I literally not just say this, but it's such a vibe, such a vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the reason why is because I feel like a lot, and it is with my mentions, it was like between obviously the, uh, the, the players association and the owners fighting, why don't these guys just play? Like, da-da-da. That is the demo of baseball. Like, the 55-plus-year-old the white man, you and I are neither one of those things. And I feel like I have to say that in every MLB meeting I'm in. And it's just like, well, we want to make baseball fun. Then fucking listen to me. But yeah. then you get mad when these guys, A, are human beings. Like, you take fantasy sports out of it. Like, oh, wait, Joey Votto is, like, a person or Trevor Bauer is a dude? Like, what? That's so weird. And it's like, yeah, like, they have, like, lives that they live and stuff like that. And then they get mad that we don't show that. And then we show that and they're like, nobody cares about that. And it's like, what do you want from us? You know? Like, and so they want to shit on the sport. And I and you're, you're mentioning that. And it's a very repetitive statement because it's so the truth and you know what's funny is a lot of the media members and you mentioned this like you just listen to them like whether it's play-by-play and stuff and you're sitting there you're like does this guy even like like baseball they're getting paid exactly money to do a beautiful job or try to make baseball relevant try to get people to pay attention and then you're like Does he even, like, like the game? Like, what is happening? Which is difficult. Like, I know people – it's a job. Don't get me wrong. It's different. And we're not always going to be like, oh, this is all hunky-dory, da-da-da. But, like – But they watched – when I hear – and I I think it's the worst with the
1: play-by-play. You listen to it, and it's so – it's, they're always, it seems like they're always talking about, you know, fantasizing and getting nostalgic about in the old days, in the old days, it was played like this. Yeah. And if I'm a young kid watching the sport and I'm on, I'm on the fence of, let's say I'm like, just started high school and, and baseball, because I think there, they did a study and it's like baseball, the enrollment in baseball is still pretty much the same all the way up until high school. And that's when it kind of drops off. And because baseball's not cool and you know, like walking around being on the baseball team is not nearly as cool as being on the basketball team or the football team. Yeah. Baseball's no longer cool at that age. And if I'm on the fence, let's say I'm a freshman and just start baseball or I just start high school and I'm watching a baseball game and they're sitting there talking about, you know, uh, you know, players these days don't do it, you know, the right way. Or, you know, back in my day, it was so much better. That's what it seems like they're always talking about. Mm-hmm. And how can you expect these kids to then feel like, yeah, this is a really cool sport? They're listening, the only audio they're really hearing when they watch a game is it's people that are in the sport talking about how it's not as good anymore. If you listen to like, listen to NBA, when they talk about the game, they hype it up so much. They're like, Oh my God. Like, did you see that? do you see the athletic ability that these players have nowadays versus, you know, back in my day, it's incredible how much it increases and it improves and look where we're at today. If I'm a kid watching that, I'm like, yo, basketball is the sickest sport ever. Like it makes you excited. How can you shit on your product and expect people to love it and to be fans and to want to play it?
0: I get it. And there's so, it's like the least non-progressive sport. Right. And like, I'm sitting here like, you want me to make it fun. And and it's, and we talked to Kravitz about this, like, like, how do you find that balance of respecting the game, which I do, but bringing the sexiness and the youthfulness and all the fun. And it's so difficult because baseball doesn't want to embrace pop culture. Baseball doesn't want to embrace social media. So when they ask me for help to like make it fun and, and whatever, I'm just sitting here like, well, you asked me for help, but like, you're not taking any mm-hmm. of my advice. Do you like, want
1: the answer? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the the girlfriend that is in a horrible relationship and comes to you asking for advice. And h- how do I do better? And you're like, well,
0: oh, you're not going to okay. like my so, answer. Yeah. MLB is the one who gives the advice but doesn't take it for themselves. Yes. Like, yeah. he sucks. But then we go and do it ourselves. Um, yeah. So we have Trevor Plouffe coming up. And – the reason why we have him, it's not only because he's amazing, but he actually pointed out against Chris Russo, like, Hey, Bryce harbor didn't have that bad of a year, like chill, like everything's fine. And so Russo got wind of it and said, the, and kind of came at him saying like, and I got to listen to, he's like, I've been in radio for 37 years. You want to have Trevor Plouffe come at me that I don't know anything about radio. And so I'm curious to see what he has coming up so we'll see how that goes we have Trevor Plouf here um former big leaguer and and now you're doing some media stuff we were talking about mad dog Chris Russo and how he went off and everything like that and then he starts kind of going off about Bryce Harper and he drags Bauer into it and then later on he brings you into it Because all you basically said was Harper didn't have that bad of a season and then drags you into it, mentioning 37 years he's in radio and Trevor Ploof today. (laughs) Tell me, I don't know anything about radio, question mark. What happened when you heard that?
3: Well, I never said he didn't know anything about radio. Clearly that he's had a successful career in radio, but he doesn't know anything about baseball. Or at least in that instance, what he said didn't make any sense. So to me, it's like, if you're going to come at guys and they deserve it, that's one thing. But if you're going to come at guys and just like make up something like Bryce Harper had a bad year last year. Well, the baseball community is going to come and let you know you're wrong. I mean, he, he didn't, I mean, I put the stats up and that's a guy that likes some of the older counting stats. He's not really into maybe the way players are valued in the present day, which is fine because Bryce had great counting stats as well. He was 35 and 110 or something like that. So you know any way you shake it out bryce had a good year last year and and i just one of the reasons i wanted to get into media was to combat that you know we have a lot a large contingency of our baseball media doesn't like the way the game is being played doesn't like the way the game operates anymore and it shows like if you watch a game you're going to get that all game long it's like these are the guys presenting the game of baseball to the fans you can't have that anymore you need people that love the game and love the players and want to, and want to talk positively about it and sure you can give it out. Like I said, when someone deserves it, you need to give it out, but to just be completely wrong like that and just like throwing bogus claims, like I, I just don't want that to fly.
0: Yeah. We were, so. Rachel was talking about that earlier and the one thing that we struggle with and Rachel mentioned this, um, why would anybody who's never played major league baseball? And it's the one thing I hate about being a member of the media. I can personally say, no matter how great my career is, I can never say, well, my baseball playing resume, I stopped when I was playing Babe Ruth junior league. Maybe I can never say like, I can't, I cannot compete with the guys that are up there if we're, if they are, if they're a player turn analyst. So how, like when you're in kind of an extension of these players, how do you handle that? When you're a former player, you see these guys, now you're a member of the media. Do they get worried about that at all?
3: i don't think anybody gets worried about it, you know and i don't think it's i don't think you have to play baseball at the highest level to be able to comment on baseball there's plenty of guys who you know pour their heart and soul into the game but never step on the field and those guys do a great job i mean we could name some guys here like i think ken rosenthal does a really good job yeah he's a guy that's always going to ask you the questions he's not just going to assume something he wants to write a story about you or say something like he's probably going to come ask you and, and and just make sure you know something's coming. And, like, when you do that and you have the respective guys, like, I don't think there's any problem. There's plenty of people who didn't play the game. And, and, and to be honest with you, it even goes on to the coaching side. A lot of the best coaches weren't major league players. So, like, I don't think that has anything to do with it. And I think as long as you are, like, I don't know. I mean, just going back to Mad Dog, I mean, that was just an absurd statement. So, like, just stay clear of those. And I think there's room in this game for everybody to be a part of it and to comment on it. I don't want to hold anybody back just because they never stepped in the box in a big league park. That doesn't make any sense to me.
1: I think like the <laughs> biggest the and I was telling Justice earlier, the biggest thing I have an issue with is when we have people, the voices of the game that are shitting on the game. That's all they mm-hmm. do and it seems like, you know, some of our loudest voices of the game have nothing positive to say about about the game now, about the players nowadays and that's that's what drives me crazy is like listening to that i want to hear i i don't care necessarily if you've never played if you've played if you've never played but if you're going to be the voice of the game like i want you to you know say like act like you like the sport act like you know this is one of the greatest sports in the world
3: yes i mean i agree with it i think that's how you reach new fans you know, baseball's target demographic is not what it has right now. You know, we're in a sport that, you know, the, the demographic that consumes the sport hasn't changed in 20 years. It's the same people. So you need to reach newer audiences. And if you're always on air during a game talking poorly about it, well, I mean, I don't want, if someone's trying to sell me something, they're like, oh, this actually is not that good. I'm probably gonna be like, oh, I'm not gonna buy it. So yeah, you need fresher voices, people out there that love the game. I've been saying that since you know I was a player. I, I always thought MLB Network was the one thing that really needed to be changed. You know, you go on there and you're gonna get your your rundowns, your clips about the games, and and you need that. You need the highlights, talk about the game, obviously. But that's basically all you have. I mean, if it wasn't a rerun of that, they were playing Field of Dreams or they're playing Bull Durham or some other baseball movie, it's like, hey, let's let's get some player content on these platforms. Like you're representing baseball and these players are are baseball essentially like let's get some player content on there and it hasn't changed and I don't I mean I don't know if it's going to change or not I'm trying to change that's been my goal since I joined the media was to get guys to come and present themselves to fans because there's a lot of great personality in the game right now
0: yeah and I was I was I was talking about that too like and I I was I'm in meetings about baseball all the time like how do we do this how do we do this and it's so hard to find a balance of I mean, it's not a progressive sport. And obviously every time I'm sitting in a meeting, I'm beyond the demographic. I will never be the demographic of baseball no matter what I do. And they're like, well, how do we do this? And I try to do it. And they're like, well, like, I don't know. And Rachel made a really good um, comparison to like the girl who's asking for guy advice, but we give the good advice, but we don't take it for ourselves. <laughs> and it's like, you want to sex it up. You want to make it fun, but then they don't. And so it's weird because- what they're we- comfortable with it, yeah.
1: It it yeah, goes yeah. against the norm, the tradition yeah. that they're used to, and this old school mentality, and and so I.
3: It's yeah. To me, this is the perfect time to change it because of who we have in the game, the players right now. We have a very diverse group of stars that are twenty five and under. You know, we have the Ronald Acuñas, we have the Vlad Guerrero Juniors, we have the Bichette you know like i love guys like that like let's put those guys on the pedestal let them usher in like a new era of the game they play it differently from when i was in the game not too long ago these guys play the game differently like tim anderson came in and made a a mess Mm
2: -hmm. in
3: the best way possible yeah people got mad at them and you know what's funny is that stuff has been going on forever there's always been guys that are a little bit you know more showy Mm -hmm. and before it was like frowned upon you might have got your teammates hurt and I don't think the game's played that way anymore. I think the Latin influence has a lot to do with that. The way they play, you know, coming from Venezuela and the DR, Cuba, like those guys play with passion, and it's amazing. Yeah. So they I've brought heard. that style of game over, and and you know, I think more and more people are just getting used to it. And I think yeah. it's good for the game.
1: I think I heard uh, who was it? Hunter Pence was talking to me a while back about how last off season when he played, um, he played winter ball. I think he was either in. Venezuela, I think it was in Venezuela, was in DR. DR. Okay, yeah, was gonna, that was the other one. Yeah. He said, just the the atmosphere and the vibe of it. It's so it's so exciting. Every game, there's so much passion and emotion. It's nothing like anything in the United States, and I think that you see it with the Latin players, they, they have it, but it's when they get to the United States, I think it's so suppressed because of the culture and they're, you know, they're kind of told to, you know, stay in your lane and, you know, keep your head down. But that is so fun. That, that kind of excitement and, you know, passion when you play, that's how you get the younger fans. That's what they want to see. Why do why do younger kids love, you know, the NBA? I talk about this all the time, but it's like, there's so much, you know, just passion and swag
0: yeah Yeah. or the wbc in miami like inject that shit into my veins that was awesome i was just like oh my gosh this is how baseball should be and then you know i walk into the coliseum and it's just not it's not how it (laughs) goes um but my question trevor i have a question so when it's just it's such an anomaly to me because i i bring guys on to the set at nbc all the time and they're former players and they either pick it up or they don't. And I feel like there's kind of a, I don't want to say they get excited because they're still going to get the attention. They're going to be get, um, in front of the camera and stuff like that. What was your like biggest fear or surprise when you had a transition from thinking, well, I know the game, you're obviously well-spoken, you're great on social media, but then to transition to the actual media role, like what, what like freaked you out the most?
3: I, I don't know if it's ever freaked me out. Um when I got done playing, you know, you're always kind of taught while you're playing, you know, find different avenues to explore because people want to talk to you. You know, you're a big leaguer. So use that to your advantage, go meet people and whatever interest you have, like go talk to those people because they're, they'll want, they're going to talk to you. And once you're a former player, that kind of all goes away. Like, yeah, it's cool. You used to play baseball. It's not the same as being a current player. Mm -hmm. So when I was done playing, I was like, I really am done with baseball. Like it's been a part of my life for so long. I want to do something different. I took a year off and just hung at home, which was like amazing. And then I wanted to start to get, you know, do some work, you know, kind of use my brain and my skills, whatever. So I went into a bunch of different stuff before I landed in baseball. I was going to do some hemp oil stuff with like one of my neighbors. And that kind of interested me until I started like to get into it. I was like, this isn't me. Uh, another like real estate ish type was stuff. That
0: like a pyramid scheme?
3: No, I mean, he, he had a plan. I went up to the, the production facility in Oregon and did the whole thing. And just, it just wasn't me. And right. what I started to realize was like my entire network, my entire area of expertise is baseball mm-hmm. and I'd be foolish not to explore it. So I did like, I went to the Dodgers instructional league. Not a lot of people know this, but I went to the Dodgers instructional league and was going to be, see if I wanted to do like coaching. And I went there for three days and I found out really quickly, like, eh, that's like going back. I'd, I'd rather play. I'd keep playing if I was just kind of be in the minor leagues going from city to city. Like that wasn't for me. So. Wait, after did you really that, only
1: last three days?
3: I went there for three days. as like a trial thing. And I was just like, this is not for me. <laughs> like, Love it. It's a grind. And I was, I'm like over yeah. the grinds, you know, like.
1: Understandable.
3: Yeah. So. Uh, then I, this kind of just like fell. I, I, I decided like I'll, I'll give it a try and um, things just really worked out cool. And now I'm doing stuff with John Boy, and get to be on cool stuff like this where I get to drink wine and talk to you. And Yes. It's great. I, I couldn't be happier right now. So
0: Loof is the first person, our first guest to actually bring a cocktail.
3: I brought it. Here's I'm to beer,
0: that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm a beer guy. But you guys are doing the
0: wine, so yeah. We all have a little bit of everything. I love my little, and I know, so I get really excited obviously when we were allowed to go out. I love going to Crate and Barrel and and like looking at stuff I will never buy. Um, But they have like that whole row of the different types of wine glasses you need. And I took one wine glass, if you will, and I do not abide by the rules. But it's okay. Okay, that's
3: That's just like a regular wine glass right there. I like it, it works.
0: Oh, well, I don't have a wine glass, so
3: I saw you out of the bottle. That's okay. I,
1: I'm traveling, and there was no this. I'm on the road, and this was all I could get, and I had no cup, so I'm not usually this like trashy of a person. But oh my
0: gosh, no! no, no. Uh, don't call it trashy, because I I, I guess it's like, not trashy. <laughs> if no, no one was, was looking, addition, I'd probably <laughs> do it. It is. It's, it's Reno way the way to do it in reno
3: it's kind of all the same like you pour it in a glass you pour it out of the bottle it's just it ends up the same place
0: yeah as if you're if you're alone like who cares (laughs) (laughs) well and also ian desmond just opted out of the season just fyi that's my phone just now i
3: saw i saw that he had a really nice post about it talking about a lot of different things but ian's one of the he's awesome so
0: he
3: is
1: it's gonna be interesting to see
3: yeah to see who's gonna be doing this
0: so
1: this is one of the this is kind of like a little bit off topic but i was talking to uh trevor bauer about this um earlier today actually because we were talking about the different people opting out and i don't know if they've even figured out because what we've been told from the union so far is that to contact them if one of our players is going to opt out so they can talk about what's going to happen because they i don't think they've figured out if their contract year like if it's just a wash uh, or basically if they lose the year or if it's just an extra year of service so i,
3: I don't think anyone's going to get service time unless they have like some sort of pre-existing condition or right. a high-risk no, no. individual yeah
1: so you're right about that but what about guys so let's say you're Garrett Cole mm-hmm. you're going to make how much money is he making
0: you know What, like he's making 30% or so? Yeah, yeah, but, but so earlier yelled us the amount, but it's fine. Yeah. Right. But he's making, so
1: he normally would make 36 million and now he's going to make, you know, let's say 30, 40, whatever percent of that. Would it be better? If he just didn't play this season, if he opted out, if he gets to add on an extra year, right, because he doesn't get service, and if that year doesn't count, so now let's say they add on an extra year where he can make the full $36 million, do you opt out?
3: I, I don't know if it works that way or not, but uh, if right. that's the way it works, I, I I think it would just be a year gone on the contract. That's so, what makes the most sense to me, but it couldn't be. It but what be about –
1: Because there but then you think about it, there are guys there are guys on contracts where teams if they're very team friendly contracts, the teams might want to keep them an extra year. Think about let's say Blake Snell. You know, if he opts out, like let's keep him an extra year and have him under that. And so let's not have this year count. So they would the team would want that. Whereas you have guys, you know, like I don't know if Zimmerman, when he opts out, if I I believe he'll just get to play an extra year next year so I doubt
3: under the same contract if it's if it's like the last year so one of my buddies is Ryan Braun he's in his last year of his contract they have a mutual option for next year which is uh, with a buyout so he's was talking he's like I you know I this I wanted this to be my last year but if we if we don't get to play baseball next year like I got to come back. It won't feel right to me. Like I'm going to have to play another year and in talking to him and he's pretty involved in all this. It'd be like a restructuring or like he'd have to get his buyout and then restructure another deal for the following year. So I I guess those, that rule definitely needs to be cleared up.
1: Right. And so that's what I just think that's what's, it's interesting to see because there are definitely cases I think where you would think it would the teams would want to just burn the year and just say fine, you know, we'll we don't pay you, you get nothing for this year, and then we just continue on the contract. But there are also I think cases where the teams would rather just say, okay, we'll add on the next year to your contract because you didn't play for this year and you didn't get serviced. So, mm-hmm. and I don't think we've heard. I mean, the agents haven't as far as I know, haven't been told kind of what they're doing with that, but it's an interesting, it'll be interesting just yeah. from, I guess, that perspective of how they're going to handle it. Yeah. My feeling is the
3: teams love that they're going to pay guys 37% of their contract and still get full postseason. So like they, I think they want everybody to play
2: mm-hmm. this
3: year. Um, some guys have to play because of the no service time thing. Like Mookie Betts can't sit out this year or else he's going to go through this whole thing again next year. Cause he won't get, the right. service he,
1: he could, he could go a few, he could play up until he need the, he gets the service. He needs gets the time. I'm, and then go. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, so my,
3: need a lot, how many days is it?
1: So my client, well, I mean, Bauer needs, I, I believe it's like 17 days
3: or 14 mm.
1: or something. He could play and then be done.
3: It's interesting. There's going to be a lot of things like that, especially because I think what we've seen about this situation, is that it's very fluid, you know mm-hmm. the negotiations are still going on. We have a pandemic that's very fluid, and let one um, way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, it's I call
0: it a fucking shit show, but it's yeah. a
3: shit show. There's yeah, it's a great way to say it. I mean, there's that's a that really describes it. But yeah. it's all these things. I mean, we're gonna see guys like we've already seen guys opt out maybe we're going to see some guys do what you're talking about getting to that required service time and saying, this is stupid because I've talked to a lot of guys and I'm just thinking to myself, this is not the show. You know, this year is not like big league baseball. It's you're going to be in your hotel room. You're going to be eating prepackaged food. You're going to be sitting in the stands. You're going to be like a hamster in a cage. So uh, it's just going to be a, I think it's, we we as fans and as people watching the games, I consider myself a fan now. I just kind of want to enjoy it for what it is because it is. Get, this is the most insane year, maybe mm-hmm. in major league baseball history.
0: Yeah,
3: it's so yeah. different. This will never happen again unless we start having
0: like
1: it gets real I was wondering, I hope not. like, are there? Is, do you think there's going to be an asterisk? by like on baseball reference by this season just to
0: we're not I, like an assist, but like another thing because i think asterisks are, i think they're dedicated to something else but
1: yeah they are you're maybe. right but, but they need some
0: because it's gonna look weird like this is yeah. gonna be the strange really, like, like compliment saying like you're good for like a 60 game season <laughs> yeah, like, something <laughs> like that weird is gonna happen but even the media stuff the us or media stuff today and it's so bizarre. Like, we can't talk to the players. We can't, like, unless I have personal oh. tips with them, I can't really talk to them. A couple of the players did say, they told me Possibly post game Zoom calls, which is fine.
1: That's yeah.
0: I can't do exclusives that way, you know. And that's like I'm not that worried about that. So like, which is great. Like, I mean, I'm never gonna ever compete with Susan Slusser, but I can pretend, you know. Nobody is.
3: Yeah, like it's not gonna
0: happen. Like, nice (laughs) try. Like, and I told her that I was like, "Hey, Queen, I'm gonna call you Queen." we know where we stand, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank she's you so the much. best. Yeah, she's the best. And um, and really took me underneath her wing and ugh, love her. Um, And we should probably have her in the pod. I think she'd be fun. Um, But she, and so like all of that, and then it's only one person, one reporter and a photog from an outlet at a time were not allowed in the press box. So I'm yeah. gonna probably have to cover the game from the stands, which I can't stand. But
3: that's going to be pretty funny. So you are going to be in the stadium. That's cool. Just like walking around the stadium or is there like a designated area?
0: So we can't go roaming, which is my favorite thing to do. Like I like to just like do my thing because I I get I have like I can't stay in one spot at one time and I'm a little nervous about that because I don't know how the camera situation is going to be. I don't want them to see like me walking around because like I have my own seventh inning stretch where I have to walk around and just take a break. And I'm just nervous that they're gonna be like, Well, where's Jess? And I'm like, Well, I don't know, there's, sorry, there's seven people in the stadium, <laughs> and obviously covering the A's most of the time. People are gonna make the comments like, Oh, it looks like a normal game, and it's like calm oh, yeah. down. <laughs> I'm gonna not I'm gonna miss the bleachers and all of that and stuff, but it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. And yeah, so we're basically gonna be able to show up but not be able to talk to the players. So I wanna to-
3: see you up there. What's that called? Mount Davis. I just wanna see you up there in Mount Davis just by yourself covering the game.
0: Okay. I'll do that so, for you. It's like a, Please ultimate do. social
3: distancing.
0: <laughs> I'll have Dallas be near me too. Okay. So I'll make sure that he's there. And then we're just like, but we won't say anything. We won't like That's talk fine. to anybody and just sit there. Just enjoy it. I, I'm, I'm scared. I won't go up there. I'm scared.
3: It's going to be, be a wild year. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah.
0: For sure. Well, um, we have a very important question for you. Plouf. Um, okay. How hard is baseball? Is it hard?
3: Um yeah, I mean yeah, it's very hard. It's um I like uh, the reason I love baseball is because anyone can play it. Like you don't have to be born to play baseball. Uh you have to be born to play football for the most part.
2: I'm
0: gonna
1: have
0: and to I'm, make sure It's the same with it's I was a gymnast. I played baseball for a long time and I want to make sure that I'm relevant. <laughs> so <laughs>
3: No, I'm saying you, you, you can, anyone can play baseball. You can I learn to play baseball.
1: It's the same. No, it's the same, like gymnastics. I was a gymnast for, since I was two. And it's one of those sports, like I'm tiny and you, you like not anybody can be a gymnast. Yes. It's just, just the reality.
3: I mean, like, from a bunch of different sports, so, you know, basketball, right. you basically had to be born to play basketball. Right. You know, so, um, in that essence, maybe it's the easiest sport, but it requires a lot of time and like consistent practice and that's what makes it so hard and you know the guys throwing 95 don't help 95 to 100 doesn't help but what you're going to see in the next couple of years is guys aren't going to care anymore because they're going to have practice against 95 and 100 for so long mm-hmm. and the hitters will catch up to it and it's just that like you have to be so diligent about your work and it starts at a very young age it's, it's you just repeat these movements over and over and over again and they become second nature. And that's where you see baseball players get separated from each other. Like the guys who are naturally talented, that's great and all, but you better work because you have to do it 162 times in 180 days in front of 40,000 people. You just have, it just has to be second nature to you. So that's the hardest part is that consistency. Um, But like, you know, I could probably still go up and see a straight 90 mile an hour fastball and hit it because I've done it so many dang times, but a guy that hasn't ever done it, you can even put the ball at like 80 miles an hour. Like they're not going to hit it. It's just a learned, to me, that's what makes baseball so hard. Is like one, because you don't control any of the intangibles too. Like as a hitter now I'm talking like the pitcher controls all of that. Um, But for the biggest thing I think is just that repetitive nature and you have to be able to do it for, for so long, 10 plus years. I would love
1: to see Chris Russo in the box.
3: Like, no. That's not fair. It's not fair to him. It's like, you know, not great content. As much as I don't like that guy, you know, like a lot of baseball players couldn't go do what he does. Uh, You know.
1: So, okay. Is is that your take on? So, will I I guess, hold on. The, the, what we were getting at, what we were getting at with that question was kind of, was more or less with, was more or less with his comment that when he said, My job is just as hard as a professional baseball player's job. And and my issue with that is you never play professional baseball. You cannot make that comparison. The there are some people in in media now who can make that comparison, who can make that judgment on which is harder. Um, obviously, you haven't been around in media quite as long yet, but mm. you're getting to experience it. And do you think that's a fair statement?
3: <laughs> I mean, I feel like you could take it so many different ways. You know, how many base, how many big leaders has there been now? Is it twenty thousand yet? Is it right around there in the I history of the game? I just
0: to ask Trevor Plouffe who he's sleeping with on the team. That's when. I, That's when I know he'll feel like he's actually. <laughs> Wait, team. what? That's what I get all the time. Like, who are you? Oh, uh, okay. To? And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah.
3: I was like, who's my roommate? <laughs> <laughs> I loved like having that. a roommate. Do you know? To bring who's up the that
0: best roommate you've ever had.
3: When I went, when I so my last year, I was uh, I spent some time in AAA, and they gave me the option to like pay for my own room, and I am like, you know what? Like, I don't want to be by myself. So like, I had a roommate. So, like, it was like this, like, you know, obviously people would say it's a step backwards, but I really enjoyed no, it. It was like, I, it like, was like, you know, hanging out with the boys, like we watch movies together. It was Colin Calgill. I don't know if I, if you remember Colin I God,
0: do. He's he, he dated He's girl from Reno, didn't
3: he? He's the best. And so we just, like, watched movies together. Yeah, there, as an iron pig. And um, <laughs> so that was, I, I enjoyed having a roommate. I don't know how we just got here, but here we are.
0: No, no, I feel like just I just want I, to
1: know who you're sleeping
0: with. Because <laughs> no, I know I, that was more of like a, a sexist yeah. comment. Like, I feel like you won't make it in the media until as I mean, as a woman. As no matter what I'm doing, it's do
3: just you like, really get that question. Like, do guys treat you like that?
0: So, yeah, you know, it's
1: any female in in baseball, I mean, no matter what industry is. it's yeah, are you and, sleeping and, with.
0: It's so weird because like, I don't know if I've just been crazy lucky, but it's like never happened to me. And it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It's like, even from on a dating site or going on a first date or whatever, or dating or like talking to somebody who works the industry, they're just like, Oh, it's probably really awkward. And you walk in the clubhouse. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's, it's just not. And like, obviously like, and I'm not exaggerating the A's. And I was talking to Cameron Rupp about that um, tonight. He says, hi, by the way, Trevor, um, oh, I love he, Cameron Rupp. he's amazing. And he said that it's like the, a great group of guys and covering the A's full, like most of the time I'm like, it's, literally never happened and even in other clubhouses it's never happened either and so when I hear that and I hear these stories I don't want to say I don't believe them but I'm like I've just been so lucky and it just doesn't happen but it's just like the first question is like like do you actually like sports or are you just doing this because like you have to and they don't actually believe like in another life I was like I swear I was a dude another life and probably a dude at one point And decided like, no, I'm just actually, I can not I couldn't be a professional baseball player. So I turned this into a dream. And and that's the second question is, oh, they probably hit on you all the time. And it's like, no, it just doesn't happen. And it's just is what it is. But I wish a guy would like hear that every now and then just so they're like, damn, that sucks. Yeah. I wonder
3: what the, the question is, like the guy question, guy, you know what it is? It's you didn't play or did you, how far did you play?
0: Because they, they look at us and they automatically know, so they don't have to ask us, right? So, no, sure. but I'm
3: saying, like, wh- like yeah, what question the would make a version. guy feel uncomfortable? uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Like, uh, I don't know what it is. I, I, first of all, that's that's bullshit but that that ever happens to you guys. You know, I know,
0: be, I know you would love that because you're a precious baby angel and you would get it. <laughs>
3: it's
0: just it's most just, of us are
3: crazy. professionals in professional baseball. And like, I feel
0: like when a, You would think I'm sitting there, yeah. like, I'm so lucky, but, like, no. it hasn't happened to me, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. You know, it's, it's, I think this year, if there's any good that's coming out of this year, it's opening people's eyes up to the fact that there needs to be just more diversity in fields in general, whether it's yeah. we need more black managers, black GMs, women coaches, whatever it is. The thing that people need to understand is that to be successful, you need to have a range of opinions and like views. And if you just surround yourself with the same opinions and you get in your little echo chamber, like you're going to lose, mm-hmm. you're going to yeah. lose. So like you need to hop on the train, like make sure you have different viewpoints, people to challenge you. People have seen the, have seen the world or have different experiences than you, because that's how you like get the best product. Yeah. And, I, and I don't, it's crazy. It's taken this long to see that. But like I said, if there's one good thing to come out of 2020, it's, it's that people are seeing that.
1: It's funny. Cause I think What I've found is that players like in the current players right now, and I guess, you know, I mean, even you, they seem to be the most open minded to it. I think the, the closed minded people, it's not, not the players really as much as just the older, you know, people working in the industry that seem to be the most closed minded when it comes to that kind of stuff.
0: Well, even because- the Giants, they hired Alyssa Nacken. And, like, we, we – we had talked to Buster about it. I talked to Brandon Crawford. And they were just, like – they weren't mean about it. They knew I had to ask the question. But they were, like, that's stupid you had to ask a question that we have a, a woman who's our coach. Like, I can't believe you're actually asking that. But they were they were great. But they were just, like, she knows what she's doing. And Crawford himself said, we need more of this. You know, and I thought yeah. that was really cool.
3: Yeah, I think – one thing I've always said about baseball is that it needs to attract better coaches. And if you take a look around minor league systems, my, the minor leagues are an organization's lifeblood. Like you have to develop from within in order to put together a good team. Cause these guys that are going to come up, are going to make no money. And you're going to get to sprinkle in some free agency. So you have to be able to do that. But teams were teams. It took so long for teams to figure this out, and some still haven't. You need to hire good coaches, and whatever that means, um, you know, doesn't matter, sex or color or age or whatever. Like you need to hire the best coaches, and you need to treat them right because a lot of the times teams couldn't get good coaches in the minor leagues because who the hell wants to coach in the minor leagues for it. thirty grand a year? You have to I mean, pay I don't them. Want to put up yeah. I don't want to put a dollar amount on it. Cause I say 30 grand a year and I don't want to act like whatever they need but, to make more yeah. money, you know, to be able to that many hours that they're working, like there needs to be an incentive to go to your organization. And I know some organizations have done that. The Dodgers did have done a good job of hiring like the right people and kind of diversifying the way they approach uh, player development. But that's been the biggest, like, what's going on how it, like when i go, when i was in the minor leagues even 2018 i'm seeing coaches i'm like dude you're just here to collect a paycheck because you can have you can't do anything else you never wanted to do anything else you're not helping anybody but like you it's like this it was a weird thing like i was one you're one step away or in triple a you'd imagine there'd be just like really damn good coaches who are super invested in your organization at that level and there just wasn't
1: Not not, saying my team specifically,
3: but just in general.
1: Right. No, it's even just, I think uh, the training staff and obviously like I haven't, I'm not a player, a former player or anything like that. So I don't know firsthand, but that's from what I've heard. It's like, if you want the best coaches, if you want the best trainers, all that kind of stuff, you go to a private facility or, you know, you have to go elsewhere and you you would think, you would think the best, you know, we have 30 teams, professional teams that are paying so much money in salary for, and putting so much money into the product on the field and developing a product, you would think they would put a ton of money into, you know, the what is developing them and what is helping them and what is going to, you know, rehab, like the people that are going to rehab their players when they're injured and yet they don't, they skimp on it. And I think that's such a, it's so short-sighted to me.
3: It is short-sighted. And, I mean, for, for whatever reason, in regards to the minor leagues and minor league systems, organizations, players association are always short-sighted with it. Um, Facts. I'm, <laughs> I'm probably, people are probably going to hate that. I'm going to say this, but, um, it's out there anyway. I've already said it. Uh, I, I was a fan of cutting down some minor leagues. Like I, I didn't think there needed to be seven leagues. Um, it's unfortunate throw- that some guys won't get that chance. What's
0: that? You mean like per organization?
3: Yes. In my experience, you know, you play with these guys. And this is – I feel like we're just going down and kind of complaining, but maybe it needs to be said. (laughs) But in my experience, you know, you get a lot of these guys that get drafted out of high school or they come three years out of college. They're in the minor leagues for five or six years. You know, you're not making – like you're literally making no money. Yeah. In the minor leagues. So say you sign out of high school, you play five years, you're 23 now. And you know you're not going to make it. They end up releasing you. Maybe you play independent ball for a year or something like that. Now you're 24, no college uh, education whatsoever. You have to go back into the work field. These guys are completely far behind. They have really no skills besides baseball. It's it's That's a story you hear so much. I've had multiple friends of mine, like, literally crying. Like, dude, I gave everything to baseball. And I left with absolutely nothing. Yeah. So the dirty secret is, that most of these guys get drafted just to play against just the guys that are going to make it yeah.
1: placeholders. Yeah. So I or, hate
3: that. And every once in a while you're going to get a guy who proves everybody wrong yeah. and gets to the big leagues. And it's a great story, but the numbers just don't support it being like worth it. So like I was like up for this contraction. It sucks kind of the way it happened. I wish it was maybe like a smoother transition, maybe like a couple of years, three years. Um but it's uh the minor leagues is a whole different topic you no know. literally we'll the- have
1: you on for that at yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll we'll do a whole minor league a whole minor league
3: you oh, episode? Man.
0: Drop that up though because I'm thinking about all the guys when I covered when I was from Reno, so like my the people I was covering uh when I was with uh cut four was through reno and it's like the guys that like you don't hear about but Rusty Ryle he tried to make it in media too and like these 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 other guys that you were covering is just like but i did get to a watch Willie Mo Peña at his peak and that was pretty cool so like i did I love have
3: minor that. league baseball i do i think there's something special about it it brings baseball to the fans that normally don't get it in these certain areas but but
0: the amount of steps was it's, it's it's a it's a
1: lot i would agree it's it yeah it's not actually they're not using like these players don't all have like a fair shot kind exactly. of thing. You know, a lot of them are. They're really there. No matter what they do, the team has no intention of ever like, bringing the them.
0: Dude up. dude who's like coaching my nephew, saying that he played for the A's, and you're like, what? <laughs> you're like, excuse <"Exactly?" laughs> me. He's like, no, I played for the A's. I'm like, are you are you sure? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's cute. Like, what's your name? The dude, I don't think ever actually he, he played for some rookie ball independent team that I've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there like Adam, like my brother, my brother. I'm like, don't say anything, don't say anything. Like it's fine.
3: It's like Hey, yeah. look, I'll give it to him. That you're still a professional baseball player. And I think guys really like to be able to say that. Right, but don't say
0: that you played for the A's.
3: Yeah, it's a little different. You, you can, can say A's.
0: the A's organization. Yeah. He said yeah. he played for the A's. <laughs> and I'm sitting there just like Eating my red vines, my big ass. You know how like like the little league pretzels are so much better than the big league pretzels. Down. I haven't them.
3: been. I haven't been there in a long time.
0: Oh my gosh, they were so good. And I'm just sitting there. My little brother is like Jessica. Does he play for the A's? I was like, I don't know. Like, and I'm freaking out, thinking like maybe I'm not good at my job. Like I don't know. <laughs> like,
3: so Seems to next- me like you know most of the the A's guys.
0: I'm just sitting here like Ooh. <laughs> like Ooh, what's his name? Like freaking out and like but. I didn't say anything but because he, he, he wanted his time, but he actually was a really good coach. So I let it go, but it was just like, you know, it's okay. fine. Yeah.
3: I was coaching my son. This is the first year I was a t-ball coach.
0: How did that go?
3: It was wild. I mean – How old is your son? Four, is my son's third four. First. They would do put that. videos
1: on, like, your social media. Yeah, I, I'll put my, some
3: uh,
1: – up. my two that. favorite, like – divisions or whatever like to watch a baseball are professional baseball like mlb and mm-hmm. then like little little kids yeah, playing. yeah like,
3: it was everything
1: like, in between not a, not as exciting
3: i kind of agree with you there that i i'm like a baseball snob i want the best of the best but then when i was with these kids who like
0: it's I was, hilarious i, I was it's essentially
3: crazy. babysitting for a couple hours That's
0: all you guys <laughs> are You're babysitters yeah
3: as long as nobody got, like, hit in the head with a bat. Like, that was my number one thing. Is, like, please don't let some kids no swim, you know. use
0: We're good. Yeah.
3: So, but <laughs> yeah, that got cut end, short, end, which sucks.
0: At the end, which is great. Oh, yeah, because yeah. of COVID?
3: Yeah, so we, we yeah. played, I think, four or five games, and um, then now. I just yeah, love it. Just like, their
1: helmets in. are too big. It looks like okay. they're the size of their body. Yes. They Don't know which, like, all the best you Barstool always puts out, or there's some other accounts too that put out just the best videos of like little kids playing baseball, and it's the cutest. It's the good, it's a, it's a good, good
3: game, my and I had so much fun doing it. Like, I'll continue to coach for sure because it's just like, how could you not? You know, yeah. so cute. I gave the kids my, my baseball card, and Aww. it was like the funnest thing to see them to like trying to put two and two together if it was really me and like they, most of them were like what well, is a baseball car? they didn't know what it was but it was that's just amazing. cool like bridging that uh, gap i guess
0: are you coach ploof or coach what trev
3: calling? yeah coach trev
0: coach trev
3: yeah or t- teddy's dad a lot of them called me teddy's dad
0: teddy's dad yeah. i feel like that's, that's way better than all the
3: things <laughs> it's good it's good it's
0: so that's
1: pretty cool to be now teddy's dad instead of you know, I'm sure everyone's always, you know, been somehow related to you, like Trevor Ploofs, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Now, now he has taken over and you are Teddy's dad.
3: I love it. Whenever he has friends over, like that's what they refer to me as. Teddy's dad? Can I? I'm like, okay. Whatever. <laughs> that's what
0: I'm going to refer to you as. Not sure. That. From that's now <laughs> on. Like every time I talk to you on Twitter, I'm like Teddy's dad's up. Like,
3: that's me. I'll take it. I'll take it. Gosh, He's a good Trevor,
0: guy. You've been so phenomenal. Thank you. I, I was not, yeah. I did I knew you would talk, but like I could talk to you for hours. Like, That's not too much.
3: I think I might have. No,
0: no, 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 no. Like I, I'm like great. so excited that you stopped by and like, you, you gave us time and I know we pushed it back, but this was so worth it. And I really, really appreciate your time.
3: I appreciate yes, you guys having you. me on. I love what you guys are doing. It's great.
0: You have to give us a cheers because you actually have, wine
3: (laughs) i know i only went through one glass i thought i thought maybe i'd get get two or three we didn't
0: even do the do the wine word at all i thought i was gonna do better with the wine word but
1: it's a wine
3: word
0: it was vibe yeah so Uh,
3: we
1: have every time we have a drinking game that every time it's said we pick a word at the beginning of the
0: episode yeah i
1: don't even think we
3: said vibe once
0: she she picked this though i'm sorry like (laughs)
3: yeah that's what Isn't happened. Real. So that
0: means it was a good conversation because that happened once with Rachel and I. I was like, I did not say the wine word, and it was because I was super into what she was saying.
1: <laughs> no, I, we just
0: I, forgot to yeah. drink. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm gonna way. finish
3: this. I have a whole bottle. So I'm, i have my Monday night poker game right now. So I'm gonna finish my wine and you boys some in
1: poker. <laughs> Go win some poker. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'll try. Thank I'll you try.
1: for stopping by though. Yeah, that was really yeah, funny. Yeah, thanks for
3: having me. I'm gonna um, give me some claps again, so we know.
0: Yes, (laughs) Rachel has to do it. Watch Rachel clap. It's let me see. I'm not. I don't like it. (laughs) Let
3: me see. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: the best. She freaks out. It's a decent clap. It's
3: a, I mean this isn't like a normal way to clap like usually here
0: no like she just it's a whole thing it's, it's because everyone makes
1: fun of me for it so now it's like and when I was worried like with momentum during spring training they would one time made me do like the little snap you know the whatever that cart yeah. thing is mm-hmm. the action Clapping. and I didn't I was like yeah the clapper I was like what do I do they like needed someone there Rachel come here can you do it and I was like frazzled and like i don't know how to do this and they like like it's not that hard just like clap <laughs> just, it just clap and then it. i like <laughs> i like did it and it barely made a noise and they were like like how how hard is that to make a noise with and then i was just like i was rattled by the whole thing and Uh-oh. then i've just
0: never been a fan
1: <laughs> and now it's like a thing
0: yeah That's so I, like, i'm a really that, bad clapper it was like an audition to see if we would work together and they were like <laughs> rachel do the clap and i'm like Wait, what? You wanna read
3: Wait, you do let I me mean, see so you did the clap. What, what do yeah. you got? That's a bad clap too.
0: Oh, a, this is bad, like, what? You guys
3: are the worst clapping podcast I've ever I seen.
0: was a. I was a cheerleader for one semester. I'm amazing.
3: That is a cheerleader clap. My sister was a cheerleader and I remember like that's like a Actually, no, okay. No, no, no. At
1: least I don't do the cheerleader clap because I have not been a gymnast, I had be a, a cheerleader.
0: Not in baseball, it's like a legit story. And I was like, Fuck you, I'm going to go play baseball. <laughs>
3: <Love> <laughs> Good that.
0: choice. An actual story. I probably should have stuck with cheerleading because I'd be like, probably no, as, never as Rachel. You, but here we are.
3: You'd be the what well, do the A's have cheerleaders?
0: Um, some teams like, do. That's what? Me. Who? The Aces, well, did. the Aces actually do the Reno Aces. I think the
3: the Rays. Do they have them anymore? The Rays used to. And they
0: the
1: really Astros wrong. do too. No, the Astros definitely. No, they do. don't. No, yeah. the no, Rangers.
3: Oh, sure. You know, it's Texas. Rangers do too.
1: Yes. Yeah, no, Texas they cheerleaders
3: s- s- for sure. Yeah. No, Are you the, like, the
1: The sure baseball team, like, exactly like they're professional. professional.
3: They're not like a football cheerleading squad, but if they go in, like in Texas, they go in center field couple times a game and do like a cheer thing with flags yeah because you know tech in texas cheerleading is very yeah. you know people do it but
1: you also know i know it's just gym like the gymnasts hate cheerleaders so it's like always
3: because uh, the, they what, do yeah. because they take a few a few moves
1: because they do like Doesn't they be pretend to like no is- they pretend they do flips and stuff but they do them so poorly and they just make gymnasts like they're they're like these wannabe really bad gymnasts okay, that I just never that. you know like their flips it's all it's a really bad form because they don't have actually any training to do it so it's just like, a you're, so you're like you're
3: like analyzing them as they're doing it I what like about like the really have, good like, ones you know, you though
1: Like come on the, uh, like there a, there are some they're the really competitive ones that yeah. i've seen there that is more of a i'll give them some credit but they're still their form compared to if you watch like an actual gymnast's form versus theirs it's pretty bad because there's no i mean most gymnasts at that level i mean you've been training since you were two years old so you've done and you eight hours a day like your your form is just so much better so their form is so it's just i don't know They, they still do like the same skills some of them to an okay. extent but it's not
3: good it does what's like um i used to watch um gymnastics like a, like i just remember like a really fond memory of like 1998 olympics like at my wow. grandparents house, watching yes. gymnastics the girl from ucla um what's her name the one that had like a uh, really famous routine um
1: recently wanna...
3: yes she just had oh
1: sophina was it uh so so? She, she
3: was. She, I think she's Asian. She kind of has the curly hair.
1: Oh um um Ohashi, Caitlin yes. Ohashi. Yeah. Is she like she leg- was...
3: legit? Legit? Like is she like in the yeah, like, so... Olympics?
1: no, she's she's so done. Went, um, went to... I was a UCLA gymnast. Um. I know that. Okay. Um, Look at,
3: this. Look at she's... this. I don't know if you see what that says right there.
1: Oh ew. It says cool.
3: fight on. <laughs> Damn. I'm a Trojan. I mean, I was going to be a Trojan.
1: Wait, so you, but you weren't, right? I wasn't, no. Okay, okay. So you're, (laughs) that was a wise choice. Did you drop that after the the interview? Yeah, I didn't want
3: you to hate me right away.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's a big (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, no, it's real. I was going to, like, I'm, I was confused for a second. Like, well, how did I not know that, like, I should hate you, but you didn't go. So it's fine. (laughs) I didn't go. Yeah. But no, Ohashi, she's done. Most gymnasts, so you peak at like 16, usually 16, 17. Mm-hmm. If you go to college, That's UCLA it. had, if you had, so UCLA had the first two, they just graduated this year, Olympians that ever competed, won medals like in the Olympics and then went to college. Cause you when you go to the olympics you get endorsements obviously mm-hmm. if you take them you can't be i Yo. mean per the old rules you wouldn't be eligible so most olympians never go to college so uh, but then so they're once that young you, i
3: didn't know that
1: uh-huh they're all yes, but it's all like pre-college and then yeah. these two didn't take um they didn't take any endorsements so they went to college i actually had one two in my year samantha Peshik. She was in college too. Um, but once college, like you're done, your body's trash. Yeah. By
3: that's crazy. 22.
1: Yeah. But she's good. College floor routines though are way more fun. That's why like they go viral and our yeah. coach, she retired Miss Val, but she was like famous for just creating these viral floor routines. Cause they can, they can do a little more with them versus like, uh, when like the competitive gymnastics before college, um, but yeah, they're fun. Like college gymnastics meets are the best. Oh I
0: love yeah, I it. so mean, much. The fun. energy
3: there is insane. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So fun.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, I en- enjoyed it. I, I just enjoyed watching it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They, yeah they're you great.
0: Athlete A on Netflix yet?
3: <sighs> Me?
1: Um yeah, no, I, I I'm I've been meaning to. I there's like there's Awful. a lot of trauma there. So like, I, also- I, I have to like mentally get myself ready. Really, but- it's,
0: it's good, but like I also if you need me to kill somebody for you, I will do it.
3: <sighs> What's F what is that? F E A? No, so
0: they talk about um the sexual
1: It's, it's the Larry Nasser stuff. Oh, it's really good. Shit. Um Jalen That Dan- is a one, fucked up
3: story.
0: It's a fucked up story, but it's such that's, a good
1: that's that's all of gymnastics though. It's yeah. a fucked up sport. Like I could there's so much just shit. Ugh. I would I would never put my kids in it. Um but uh Jamie I, or yeah if you have uh, I have a daughter
3: yeah I would
1: No, yeah don't do it um it's a, like it it's great in terms of like what it teaches your body like your body awareness and that kind of like spatial stuff it will fuck you up on so many levels though I don't recommend it um if you ever notice like gymnastics is a very one generation sport you rarely ever see like generations of families or like women or something in it, because I don't think anyone at that level would ever put their kid through it. Yeah. No, but, um, Jalen, uh, Crawford, her Brandon's wife, her sister's in it. She was the UCLA gymnast. They were all UCLA gymnasts as well. Um, but she was one of the, First, like whistleblowers on Larry Nasser. um, oh, really? and she she's in the athlete. You should watch; it's on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet. I need to like mentally prepare to watch it. But um, is
3: he like he's in jail, right? Like in yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I never he's in know jail. With those and fucking guys, piece of shit. Yeah,
1: but it's the whole the whole sport's so bad. It's just like it's in a, a sport full of abuse. So it's rough,
0: that's terrible. But. I will literally kill anybody. i'll kill
3: somebody i don't care
0: yeah, I will. i'm totally fine let me know it's so hard you're at you're asking like
1: the biggest problem with it is that because you peak at that at 16 you know 15 16 you have you're asking you know seven year old like six year old seven year olds eight year olds to have the discipline of like what you guys have as adults as a professional athlete You're asking yeah. you you <laughs> but you can't ask, you can't expect young kids. Like imagine a six-year-old having yes. the discipline of an adult professional athlete. So he there's no way do that and took it there's, right. But there's no way to get children to that level unless there's a just some level of manipulation, abuse, etc. You just can't. Damn. Yeah. yeah.
3: All right, do you want me to Trevor, we'll right let you here? go.
1: No, well, I mean you don't have to. But we'll let you go play poker. Sorry for taking so much No, no, it's
3: fun. I appreciate you guys having me on. So
1: Trevor, you're amazing. Thank you so, so, yes. so much. Right. We'll have you on again to talk about minor leagues. Yeah.
3: Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys.
0: Have a good night. Bye. So that was beyond amazing. I knew Ploof would be a good guest, but he exceeded the expectations. It was really cool to see Great. combining both the media, baseball, all the sports, because I feel like it's so difficult to find that balance and I'm glad Ploof kind of helped us out with that. What did you think, Rachel? We didn't do great with the wine word, but...
1: That's your fault. Um, but you know. so next week I choose it, um, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> I gave you your chance. Yes, I know, I tried it. and I, I did fail. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, I'll get us drunk next time, don't worry. Uh, but no, I thought Ploof was great. Um, I never really had the opportunity to speak with him, but that i that will not be the last time I speak with him he's fantastic um and it was great to hear you know someone i think he was very he's very humble and you know he he doesn't have like he i thought he weighed the you know the difficulty of doing both jobs um pretty fairly, and it was kind of you know it was interesting to hear his take on you know being in both roles and then also seeing like he clearly sees the same issues we see
0: i'm looking at your bottle (laughs) it's like perfectly right there in the shot (laughs) just like (laughs) i'm gonna be classier next time okay yeah i just love that you're drinking from the bottle i feel like that's such an important thing anyhow we it's a vibe
1: okay drink Believe it or not, we're not drunk that drunk.
0: (laughs) It's such a vibe. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight on Corked Up. We'll see you next time.